Back in the saddle, ready for another glorious attempt at uh, whatever it is we do. <laughs> it's the Mark and Mac Show podcast. and More coffee, please. Yeah. You know what? I started this day with such great hope. Oh, and, yeah. uh, oh no. Did I blow that out of the water? It was almost like, you know, like a dog peeing in your slippers, man. Oh. Um, I said to Mark, I think others are catching on to our front runner, the person yeah. we like, the person we don't think will win, but the person we like yeah. in the Republican uh, class of uh, presidential candidate nominee uh, candidates, rather, and the announced candidates. And as we, I've mispronounced his name, and I can't remember how you told me to say it now. <laughs> Vivek Ramaswamy. Okay. Yeah. If he would go by Vivek Ramaswamy, he would have a better chance of getting his act together, but Vivek is not going to cut it. He's okay. done, there's one thing that Mark told me about him. He said, you know, we don't know that much about him. And then he, yeah, basically you pulled the canopy for goose, you know, <laughs> and I bashed my, I mashed my melon on the top. That's all I can think, you know, because well, I, he talks I was a in good such game. great spirits, you know, I, yeah, I thought, I, because I even told you, I almost texted, sent you a thing. I was, it was late last night and I see this thing on Fox news that Bill Maher you know, has a surprise front person for the Republicans. Mm -hmm. And he, it's Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah. And uh, I told Mark, I said, you know, Fox is kind of behind this guy. Mm -hmm. And I, I was excited. I almost sent you a text last night, but I knew yeah. there's, you know, you turn your yeah. phone off and I want yeah. you to see it in the morning and go, what's he done now? I didn't <laughs> want that. You know, <laughs> do I need to, did I miss something last night? <laughs> do I need to call, you know, Kenny yeah. Bond bail bonds or <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you know, I've told you I'm not bailing you out of jail. Yeah. But <laughs> well, <laughs> Mark hits me with, well, you know, we don't know that much about him, which was a veiled attempt to throw me off my game. And then he did. It. Yeah. He told yeah. me something that just rocked my world before we do anything else. This has to come out now. It yeah. really does, Mark. Over the past couple of days, I've been seeing this surfacing on social media, primarily on uh, formerly Twitter, now X. And then I saw, and it's been just kind of popping up from people I, I don't know. Right. Just mm -hmm. people. It's just popping up. And then talk show host Dana Lesh, the uh, the the girl who's the NRA member and strong gun proponent. And everybody knows who she, knows who she is. She says she posted this. What I have seen uh, herself. She reposts it and says, can everybody stop pretending with this guy now? And you read down and it's a post by uh, Jordan. Satch, Satchel, somebody I don't know, right. uh, who says uh, Vivek Ramaswamy wants to impose a massive death tax on every American. 
so cites uh, avowed socialist Thomas Piketty uh, and cites avowed socialist Thomas Piketty to make the case for government stealing the fruits of your life's work. And then he pulls, he, he grabs an image from an article from lawliberty.org. And here is that clip. It says, third, to confront multi-generational uh, multi wealth, Ramaswamy embraces inheritance taxes as a way to, quote, save meritocracy from degenerating into aristocracy, end quote. Ramaswamy flirts with a suggestion by Thomas Piketty and Emmanuel says, to set the optimal inheritance tax in the United States at 59%. Lest you hope, as I did, that he might eventually walk that number back, he doubles down. Quote, if anything, I'd take the figure Piketty and Says arrive at as a minimum. We shouldn't allow people to become billionaires just by having rich parents. End quote. Hmm. To which I ask, why not? His answer a very high inheritance tax is, quote, a way of redistributing duty, end quote. Those who become rich owe it to everyone else to preserve meritocracy so others have a chance to do the same. Wow. That is not liberty. That is not the American way. That is socialism. Hmm. Taking from those who have to redistribute to those who have not. Yeah. All right. So, so we need to, uh, this is making its way to the surface now. And people who aren't just people you don't know on social media are, are passing it around. It's becoming more and more public. So Vivek Ramaswamy will have to address this. Right. He'll have and to I, answer this. I wonder how he'll spin it because it's not going to yeah. go. It will, it doesn't bode well for him if he doesn't do something about that stance. And he can't, right. there is time to say, well, you know what? Maybe I, I, I floated that idea out there and it was the wrong idea, but that he already has a huge uphill battle. Mm -hmm. I thought he would, he would be enough of a candidate to push some of the other candidates out that we don't need to mess with that have, you know, like, yeah. you know, the, Oh, what was the thing you sent me about, uh, the big fat guy from New Jersey. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 Chris Christie. Yeah. I'm not kidding. <laughs> you know now. what? If we would sit Chris Christie at a table, just take a picture of him sitting at a table with like a, <laughs> a big bottle of Ernest and Julio Gallo, you know? The outlaw so, Jersey whale. Yeah, that's, that's what the outlaw Jersey whale. And but that's what I thought Ramaswamy could do. He could get some of these high profile cats who really ought not be on the same stage, get them to just dump. And yeah. But I, I don't know that uh I don't know if any candidate can stand up to that one that, you know, if yeah. they, if he truly believes that way. And yeah. I'm assuming that he has already tested this with a group and they, you know, gave him a favorable opinion of it. And that's well, why I, it's there. I don't know. This is, uh, this is, uh, an art. It's a, hmm, it's from January 23rd of this year. Right. Uh, at law and Liberty. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It, it's 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 an article about his book, A Nation of mm -hmm. Victims, Identity Politics, The Death of Merit, and the Path Back to Excellence. Right. And, and see, uh, I, I, so if it's in his good. book, yeah, you know, right. Nothing. I mean, yeah, that he gave it a lot of thought. He believes that. Yeah. I just don't. I do not yeah. share that that understanding. Of course, I don't come from a family that has passed anything down but debt. You know, yeah. it's like <laughs> all I got was you go to a, a will reading and you're kind of like, wait a minute. 
I thought it was a will, not a bill, you know, what the heck? <laughs> that's and, right. And uh, so now I don't even go to them. This, why do you think I don't go to funerals? I'm afraid there's going to be somebody there, you know, with a bill for me. So that's right. Yeah, that's what my family leaves for one another, which goes to show you that now that's the American way, Mark. Uh, all right. So God bless America. Yeah. Wow. At any rate, uh, yep. he, he might not be, but and again, I haven't read his book. Neither I need I. to. And it's yeah. kind of like, I wonder how many people actually read Mein Kampf before mm -hmm. they decided that he was the next great uh, person to lead yeah. Germany, you know? So yeah. maybe, Hey, Ramaswamy's got it out there. He is an unengaged politician, meaning he are unencumbered. He doesn't owe anybody political favors because he hasn't held any office. And that's right. one of the problems you have. We had that problem with Trump. Uh, he's the one person that went beyond that. You know, he came in with a ball of fire. He did it because yeah. he did. I don't think he thought he would win. And when he did resonate with the American people, that's when, you know, he rode that pony all the way to the white house. And yeah. I don't think there was, a he, I don't think there was the right thought about, I've got these ideas of draining the swamp. How do I do it? Mm -hmm. And there were plenty of people there he could have partnered with. And there were plenty that opened the door to him, but he didn't take them in as mm -hmm. he could have. And they could have been great allies for him. And instead of bringing those allies, it's like, if you don't go along with him right at the beginning, he grabs his jacks and his ball and he goes home, he yeah. goes to another court. And that's a problem that that's not a way you solve things. You know, you, you actually sit at a table and listen to those who actually have been in the game longer and can offer you a, yeah. you know, a way, a path. And yeah. Donald Trump did not do that. And he didn't do it because he did have a mandate. If, if any politician or any guy ever had a mandate from the people, it was Trump. The mm -hmm. people voted for him. They liked what he said, they liked the way he said it. They liked that this was a guy that even when a woman attacked him, he didn't hold his tongue. You know, he mm -hmm. went. And the reason he went yeah. back after Rosie O'Fat is because Rosie O'Fat never backed off of him. And he right. just treated her like the person yeah. she is. And I think some people like that. We talked about that at the time, remember? Yeah. and. One of the things that I said was that um, he's surrounded by a lot of people he really shouldn't be surrounded by. Yep. Uh, he didn't let people go because he's a business guy. You don't walk in. You mm. don't buy a hotel and fire the whole staff and restaff right. it again. You know, you go, you buy the hotel, you go in, or you send a trusted individual in to assess the situation, and then you let the people go who are causing your problems, and you mm -hmm. replace them with people who will make you better. Right. And he didn't do that. And I think the reason he didn't do that is because he was surrounded by people who were Washington, D.C., uh, mm -hmm. swamp people. Right. And uh, from the Republican Party. OK, right. he had Republican uh, Republicans around him who were corrupt, had been corrupted by the system in D.C., living in that totally different world that is Washington, D.C., that doesn't relate to real life in the United States of America. And they were all telling him, you need to keep this guy. You need to mm -hmm. keep that guy. You need to do this. And because of that, he had a he had one really bad term. Because, yeah. I mean, he accomplished a lot of great things, but he had to do it against the will of everybody in D.C. who was fighting him. And a lot of those people were in the White House fighting against <laughs> him. Right. <laughs> no. And that's why I think there were some that there were some people he brought along and rewarded with positions. I think of Cliff Sims in Alabama. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, with the yellow hammer news, uh, you know, something that Cliff started in college as a website and it was very much about Alabama politics and expanded out. And when, uh, Trump came to Alabama, he already had support and he 
got support from Cliff Sims, and he then returned the favor by adding Cliff Sims to his team in Washington. Yeah. And Sims basically went there for a, a matter of months and then wrote a book about you know the pit. And um, that was one of those things that I've often wondered where that, yeah. why, you know, why and where. And uh, it was just interesting. But I think, I know that Trump is his own person in that he doesn't, he really doesn't care, he, you know, the, what the rest of us think or do. And I think yeah. there are those people who think that when Donald Trump needs you, that you're his best pal until he doesn't need you and then he doesn't know you. Yeah. He's not that. He is a fair-weathered friend. Yeah. And anyway, but, you know, there are far too many people that were there for a very brief period of time and left when, and called him a liar scumbag. I thought, well, you know, it usually takes more time to, yeah. you know, to, to really get that down and dirty. It takes a few years to know that somebody is really a down and dirty liar scumbag because yeah. you kind of assume at first, well, maybe he's made a mistake or an error in judgment. But now I realize, no, he really is that liar scumbag. I don't know how long Cliff Sims was there, but it might be a good idea to look because I'm mm -hmm. curious. I'm curious about what his true yeah. thoughts are about Trump. Because a lot of people I, you know, I actually have a connection. Yeah, I know um, you do. I might, uh, I might see if I can pull that thread yeah. and see if I can find anything okay. out. I'm just curious. Yeah. You know, I, the thing is, you don't have to like him as a person. You just yeah. you kind of the president I'm, I'm talking about here. You just want somebody that you can trust in that position. And we can't trust anybody. There is no. no, you can't trust any of these people. And when Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy believes in something that is really socialist, taking, you know, the 59% death tax, yeah. that's not just a shock. That's a, that is a deal breaker for me. Mm -hmm. It is. So. It is. And it should be. Yep. I mean, if, if they're going to take away your hard earned money, yeah. they're going to take the, what you worked the legacy, the financial le legacy that you want right. to leave for your family, to give right. them the ability to to grow that legacy yep. or just to survive in the coming yeah. economy, you're going to take that away from you know, more than more than half of it, sixty yep. practically sixty percent of it, and more if he could get away with it. And no, generational he, wealth helps it yeah. develop. You know, it's like if I get if if I get rich, the people around me are going to be better off all right. the way around. Right. You raise your oh, family well, to respect yeah. the way that you've made that wealth and they will take that wealth and build it and make it even bigger. Yeah. And the thing is that they're not going to be sitting around at night wallowing in piles of cash. They put that money, that money goes to work. Like we've said before, wealthy yeah. people don't have, don't have vaults full of cash that they go right. play in at night. They, yeah. they, their mattresses aren't stuffed with money. That's no. just not how it works. Their match, their, their money is stuffed into businesses. It's invested in the market. Mm -hmm. It's in, they, they have numbers that show their wealth, but their wealth right. is not in their hands. It's tied up in the marketplace and it's tied up in other people's businesses. Mm -hmm. So that's not how it works. You take that away from them. And what you do is you destroy the marketplace. You destroy the economy. And that's what this death tax would do. It would, it would do some serious harm to our economy and the future of people in this country. But it doesn't help those who are not rich. It doesn't no. help anyone. No, Taking it anything from you and me doesn't they because people who haven't earned it would waste it. It's like how many times you see uh you see a really poor person win the lottery and they end up bankrupt or worse, committing suicide, you know, two yeah. years later. And that's assuming the money actually gets to them right. without going through a million other hands right. and being and the inefficiency of government taking its toll, because what's going to happen is a, a million dollars goes into the hands of the government 
And by the time it actually gets on the street helping the people they, they say it's going to help, it's yeah. more like 100000 well, I mean, it's, in, a re- it's, in reality, Mark, the government doesn't spend money at all. They don't spend money worthwhile at all and never have. Mm-mm. And for 110 years now, we have been under the, the lie of the federal income tax, which our income was never supposed to be taxed. It was yeah. our God-given right to put food on the table. And what we did to do that was not, it was sacrosanct. It was safe. The government couldn't touch it. And that's why it always was until, and I blame Teddy Roosevelt for this, the Bull Moose Party in 1912, that third party run that caused uh, a split in the Republican Party and handed the Democrats uh, the power in 1912. Mm. And you're talking, you know, by May of 1913, you've got, you've, April, you've got the income tax and May, you've got the uh, Federal uh, Reserve Incorporated. And turning over, you know, the Federal Reserve had to be incorporated so that the federal income tax money that came in would go to them mm. instead of us printing our own money. Abraham Lincoln said that a, a, a country's financial creativity and freedom is based on its ability to print money. I mean, you can control it based because the money is a receipt for the gold. It represents gold or, and silver. Yet or our money is to. paper. Yeah. yeah, but ours is the ghost of money. And that's what Thomas yeah. Jefferson warned about. And that's why when you look at this, our politicians have never spent real money. They don't, they talk about it in billions. The, the fact of the matter is they don't know how much a billion dollars is because right, it's right. monopoly money. And Trillions that's, a, it's a sad reality, man. It's a yeah. sad reality that we, I believe, uh, I believe we should repeal. Well, I'll tell you what, let's take a quick time out, Mark, because I need <laughs> to go ahead and reload the shotgun. <laughs> When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends, surprise parties, camps, birthdays. The same way you plan for the important moments, start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Get started at ready.gov plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Mark and Matt podcast. Hey, Mark, do you remember back, it was around 2004, there was this movie producer that uh, he produced The Rose in Trading Places, um, ran for governor of Nevada, and he came out with a documentary movie, um, Aaron Russo. Okay. That was his name, Aaron Russo. In that movie, he, he had gone to Nevada. He had been a movie producer and had some success. And I mean, okay. In 2004, his movie, he was talking about, yeah, I'm the guy that, you know, did the rose with Bette Midler and trading places with Eddie Murphy. All right. This was 20 years after that. And he's talking about it like it was yesterday kind of thing, which was fine. He's a Hollywood guy. Right. But yeah. He had produced a number of movies with success and he had built up his own whatever. And he moved to Nevada. And if you remember in Nevada in the early 2000s, uh, there was a real split there. There were people in Nevada that really believed that the federal income tax was wrong and that we shouldn't pay it. And there was a group there developing in that state saying, you know what, there are states that don't have an income tax. Why does the federal government have to have one? And yeah. anyway, so as a movie guy, he decided he'd heard enough of this when he was running for governor of Nevada. 
why he ran for governor of Nevada, I don't know. Doesn't really. <laughs> but in that run, he met with people who talked about the federal income tax, and he it seemed like they kept showing up wherever he went. Yeah. And so after he didn't win the election, he decided, well, I wonder if it's true. Show me in the, show me the law that requires me to pay a federal income tax. That was the impetus for the the movie he did. Yeah. And um, well, there isn't one. <laughs> and, uh, and now, before you go out and say, "Well, I'm not gun- going to uh, do. I'm not paying my taxes anymore." I will no, tell well. you that this is where I learned being right is not a bulletproof vest. <laughs> That's right. If you like prison food and yeah. you like sleeping on a cot <laughs> on a bunk under a guy named Killer, then yeah. <laughs> you probably want to pay your taxes. Man. The thing is, is that uh, I encourage you to look. At, I'm trying to remember the name of the movie. Um, I'll find it. it I'll, I'm looking it up now, but yeah. I encourage you to look into it. The movie was fascinating. He actually went toe to toe with a number of people that. Uh, they they were a little oh America freedom to fascism that's what okay. it was called all right uh, I it came out in two thousand it's I I looked up IMDb and it's saying it came out in two thousand six well, I had it when we were doing the show at, in Birmingham at DJC so yeah anyway okay huh. um but I that had a chance before to, that yeah yeah anyway anyway you look at it though I encourage you to get the movie and and watch it just because there are things in there that you you're kind of going well wait a minute where did it come from then yeah where you know and that's when you look at our history and you look at how this cabal, this group of individuals got together. And it's why I don't trust anybody. And if you have been head of one of the five uh, Federal Reserve deposits, you know, one of those big guys, yeah, then Herman Cain uh, is an insider. You know, you got to be an insider to be in that. The Federal Reserve, we don't know who's on the board of directors. We don't know who owns the Federal Reserve. And yeah. by law, they don't have to tell us. Yeah. But you know what? We pay them to print our money. We pay them to do something we can do ourselves. We don't actually ever get money from the Federal Reserve. or ha- They just print it. They transfer yeah. it. It's, it's digits on a computer. Yeah. yeah. But, and this is why you see people on a regular basis. If you're in social media and you see somebody throwing up the slogan, Ed, uh, audit the Fed. Right. This is why. Yep. This is because the the Fed, the Federal Reserve needs a serious public audit. It really yep. does. So everybody understands who they are, what they do, and what they're doing. And wow, uh, but- because I think most people, if they understood, would say, mm-hmm. uh, no, let's pull a yeah. plug on that. Right. You know? Because there's no need for it, Mark. There, it, yeah. If you have, and I, I, I illustrated it this way to somebody one time. I said, okay. In your house, you have your kids leaving. You got a spare bedroom. All right. Right. It's just sitting back there doing nothing. And if it was possible, if you had a printer set up there and you had the ability to print money, to print cash, and it came time for your bills to be paid and you don't have enough money. So what would you do? If you had the ability, you would just go over there and print your own cash and pay it. Well, that our government should be able to do if that's what they should Go print the money. But instead of pay, printing the money to pay the bill, and, and by the way, this is the simplistic view here. You don't just print money because that's where inflation starts when we have trouble. But what I'm, I'm saying, clarified that. Yeah, just to be clear here, that the bottom line is that when 
we want money. We have to pay this private group of citizens to print money for us, to give us our own money. We gave that to them in 1913. It happened with the federal income tax and the federal reserve was created for the purpose of doing that for us. And we pay them for that privilege. That's why there's interest. You know, if the national debt, how do we have debt? If, if it's ours, how do we, how do you owe yourself? How is it possible that we have to pay interest? Why are we paying you to do something we can do ourselves? Right. It's because it's the grand ripoff and we've been ripped off for 110 years now and enough's enough. And here's yeah. what you do. You, you just go to, we're, we're shutting down the federal reserve immediately. The federal income tax is now gone. We don't need it. Um, we're not paying this interest, by the way, those no. of you who own the federal reserve bank system, you've had your run 110 years. Let's call it a day. You won't go to prison. You know, we will let you live the rest of your life in peace and harmony have a Coke and a smile, but your the days that we paid you for printing our money is done. That ain't happening yeah. anymore. Yeah. And then you audit the gold at Fort Knox. You find out where America's treasure is, and yeah. then you start over and you do that immediately. And by the way, there are at last three people who have suggested doing this. Just so you know, John F. Kennedy, oh. Ronald Wilson Reagan, got shot and Donald Trump Mm -hmm. has been murdered in his political career. Yeah. Those are the last three people who suggested shutting down the federal reserve and getting rid of the federal income tax. There you go. So Mark, what are you going to do next? Come on, Vivek Ramaswamy, you tell us what to do. (laughs) You obviously have a plan to steal our money next. Yeah. I'm so disappointed. It's interesting what you discover when you actually dig into what somebody has written. It, it, (laughs) <laughs> and it it gets me that he writes this in his book and he uh, why do you write something like that in your book and not think about the possibility that it's going to become public at some time i mean you write something like that and it's going to become public do you not think it's going to become public when it goes through the whole process of writing the book, the drafts, the redrafts, you know, the, the going to the editor, you know, the editor saying, are you sure you want to say this? Sure. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, because it's, it's a socialist idea and he, he actually in the process, it's a socialist idea and he credits socialists for the idea and says, I'd go a little further. I mean, <laughs> It'll be very interesting in the coming days to see if he pops up and says, yeah, I wrote that then. I don't believe yeah. that now. Right? I mean, mm. and if he says You're that, right. then we should all just say, mm. yeah. well, thanks for thanks for playing. See the lady with the big hair for your check. You know, because the only way he can survive is to double down. He has to double down on it. Yeah, and he has to. He, and he, I don't know how you get away from it. Something you did send me, and I actually misread this, Mark. Just yeah. cho- throw the oar in the water. We're going to change directions. Oh, <laughs> we're talking about money and rich people getting, you know, um, yeah. I thought Donald Trump's bond. I just glanced at it yesterday. Oh yeah. I thought yeah. it was 20,000. No, and it's when you had it in here. Yeah. You said this thing saying it's 200. And I'm, before we, I looked it up. I'm like, I don't know that that's true. I thought it was 25,000 no. and uh, no, 200,000, 200,000. Yeah. Now it's not as much for you and me, you know, it's a relative thing. It's just ridiculous that this is where they're headed. You know, you got to remember mm-hmm. that a judge approved this. Yeah. 
Well, the thing is that 200,000, he'll stroke a check or he'll have right. somebody stroke a check and, sure. and that'll be all there is to it. But I, I think one of the things they're trying to do is they're trying to point out the fact that he's, he's using campaign contributions to contributions for his legal uh, defense as well, which I don't know the legality of that or the, or, or not. I, I just don't know if it's legal or not, I should say, but there are, I'm, there are rules. Yeah. But the thing is that he's going to, he's going to stroke a check. It's $200,000. There's going to be a mug shot. They've already said, oh yeah, we're going to follow procedure. Doesn't matter who you are. You're getting a mug shot. Yeah. And just between you and me, I hope he gets a copy of the mug shot and sells t-shirts. <laughs> Put little bars on the front. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, because every time they do anything to him, his popularity goes up. That's what they did to Fatty Arbuckle. <laughs> you know, back in the day, in the early twenties, a hundred years ago, when when they trumped up the chart, trumped up the charges against Fatty Arbuckle. Right. They yeah. actually put a picture of him on the front page of the Hearst paper in San Francisco, and <laughs> then put bars, made it look like he was behind bars. Right. And people thought he was. They thought it was a jail photo. <laughs> Boy, that's another instance well, of the media running with something and terroring up and with no no truth. Just all consequences for the, you know, no truth. Well, they did, they did, uh, a judge on Monday did sign off on a $200,000 bond. And um, this is according to court filings. The order forbids Trump from intimidating any co-defendants or witnesses in the case as he awaits trial. I think that's interesting because they want to put out there that this, this man intimidates people. He's a threat. He's dangerous. So we, we made sure we tied his hands so he can't do that when, eh. Intimidation is in the eye of the victim, I think, because oh, you know, yeah. my, my, my side comment to you can be translated as intimidation by you, if you so choose, right? Oh, you triggered me. I'm triggered. That's right. That's You're right. In. Exactly. I, I've been through a meeting with that before. I've told oh. you the story <laughs> where I made a joke to a coworker and we both laughed about it. But next thing I know, I'm in a meeting having made a bomb threat. I'm like, what? What? It was a joke. We both laughed. <clears throat> the warning includes a level of detail beyond the bond orders, and the judge, uh, the judge signed for two of Trump's co-defendants earlier in the day, making clear Trump's ban includes social media posts and an indirect threat of any nature. And again, they can interpret anything he says as an indirect threat. This is who we're dealing with. It doesn't matter whether it actually is or not. They will interpret. Just look at the entire indictment. You've been through this. You did three hours of audio on the indictment yourself. And you know, step by step by step, they interpreted things that you and I would go, yeah, okay. As this is part of a conspiracy. You know, that's so they framed everything as something nefarious. And that's exactly what they will do with anything. He could just sigh. Wow, that's, that's a threat. <laughs> okay, fine. Trump is also banned from contract, uh, contacting any co-defendant or witnesses in the case entirely except through attorneys. In other words, you will not text, you will not call, you will not wave at them across the street. You'll have to pay your attorney to do that. Um, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Williams charged Trump and 18 others over their alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Trump has denied any wrongdoing. The defendants have a deadline of noon on Friday to voluntarily surrender. I'm just so beyond. I hope you have taken the time to read because the document, the indictment. Read it. I'm not kidding. It's not a, it, it won't take you that long. Uh, there are plenty of people don't don't listen to somebody doing a show about the indictment 
go read it. I think that's a much better way to go. You're you're smart. You can figure it out. You don't need to be told what it says or what it means. It's very direct. It, when it actually says number whatever, um, you know, Trump made a phone call to so and so on such and such date and time, and said that you know this happened, uh, or his gave his opinion, and that that's an indictable offense. Uh, yesterday, after we finished, I looked up some things about uh, actual reporting uh, from the uh, 2020 uh, uh, 2020 election. And I looked up specifically reporting about the water main break at the uh, State Farm Arena. And what I found was, and this is the interesting part, is that according to the news at the time, you can look it up, okay? There are ways to do this online. You know, you've got search features and you can look for stuff that was out during that time. And I did. They were did report it that they shut down, that they cleared the building and blah, blah, blah. All that and the words in, water main break yes, were used. Yes. yes. But then it later was they took a picture of the urinal overflowing, of your, you know, whatever. And, and this, you know, this is not a water main break. What they did was you had the real issue of water main break. Got to shut everything down for a couple hours. And then you have them coming back saying, that's a lie. We never did that. So that's where, that's what they're accusing Trump of, of lying and making that up and saying that that when they say that never happened, we never shut down counting. We never put everybody out. That didn't happen. That's what their claim is. They're not debating a water main break or a urinal cake. They're not debating that. They're saying it didn't happen. That we, that there was no, we did not vacate the building. We did not make people leave. We did not shut it down. That's what they're claiming. And so anything you say about that, that's why I went and looked it up, Mark. And it was widely reported that this happened in the moment, in the moment it was reported. I included, uh, I included those, uh, those links that you sent me. I included those in yesterday's show notes because we talked about that yesterday and it's like, well, great. This is the supporting what we talked about. So if you want to see actual links to what they did, what they said at the time, and what they're trying to claim now, those are right. those links are in yesterday's show notes. Just go to our site, uh, markandmacshow.com, and uh, click on show notes up at the top of the page, and it'll take you right to them. I just want everybody to know that the, what this lie is about. That's why I said read it. Just read the indictment. And you'll realize that this, con- this country was founded by men and women, by the way, who had been done wrong in the home country they they left. They either they left because they had been done wrong, or they left for a sense of adventure and starting over and all that. But oftentimes, the when they actually sat down, when our leaders started writing up paperwork for our government, you know, making up the rules, they started with a blank sheet of paper. But they had certain things that had happened to them that they wanted, you know, to lay out. Mm. And by the time it came down to the Declaration of Independence, there had been things happening when they came here. And then things happening while they're here and they got fed up and yeah. just said, look, the time has come for us to lay out our, here's why we our are declaring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and laid it all out there. And this is why we're doing it. And, you know, they did it for the world because they knew they were going to need support. I think we, as an American people, I'm not suggesting for a minute that we need to start a civil war or anything such as that. But I do think that we have enemies within. I think we have enemies here in our country that have established themselves. They are in positions of authority. They're not looking out for the best interests of the people. They're trying to get the good people of this country, the free people or people who think they're free, uh, backed into a corner. And by, by getting Trump or by arresting him, 
by trumping up charges, by making things up, they're showing you what they can do. If they can do it to him, what do you think they can do to you? Mm. You want to put a Trump sign in your front yard? Yeah, we can arrest you for intimidation. You want yeah. to do, look, after they're done with Trump, who do you think they're going to go to? Well, probably your pastor. That's probably the next one because the Anybody Bible is chock full of stuff yeah. they hate. Yeah, it's true. Anybody who stands up against their authority will be, you know, subject to their, to their authority. <laughs> but in any communist <laughs> state, they have to get rid of the church yeah. because the, yeah. the uh, government has to be your God. So that'll yeah. be, I think that, and I remember saying this back in the early eighties and when, uh, funny enough, over seatbelt laws, I wear a seatbelt, always have. Uh, yeah. But when they started pushing the seatbelt law, if you remember, oh, well, it will never be a reason for pulling you over. You'll only get a seatbelt violation ticket if when you're pulled over for something else, they find you not wearing a seatbelt. And now mm -hmm. you find out, right, even you know, now watch cops or if it's still on and they'll say, well, hey, that guy's not wearing a seatbelt. Let's pull him over and see what's going on with him. Well, yeah. you just broke the law. OK, well, back in the day, Mark, I remember saying, guys, even though I wear a seatbelt by choice. If the government can mandate, you have to wear a seatbelt because it's good for you. Think about what they're telling you. They mm. can dictate because you not wearing a seatbelt has no impact on anybody else. It only impacts you and, you know, your loved ones. Yeah. And I told everybody, I just remember saying, Mark, if you let them get away with this, it's that slippery slope. You know, the, yeah. the next thing, it'll be cigarettes. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. And next thing you know, there can be a fat tax. And they're going to say, well, you know what? Go watch Demolition Man. Remember, you couldn't have salt. All the restaurants were Taco Bell because they won the fast food wars. And you couldn't have any salt because salt was bad for you. And anything bad for you was against the law. Well, yeah. Mark, we're living that. And yeah. right now, it's got to stop. And I, I, I maybe mean, Trump is the rallying stop. cry. I mean, if it doesn't stop, I mean, before long, when you go to the restroom, your only option is the three seashells. What <laughs> are you going to do? I learned patience from my adoptive dad. All he had to say was, Hey, you got this. Just breathe. Hey, <laughs> we're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to start a band. <laughs> I got it. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. <laughs> Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The uh, Mark and Mac Show podcast. Thank you for joining us. We do appreciate it. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, daily podcast notes online. Yes. And I uh, really appreciate y'all you know, checking that out and passing this along to others. Our goal is not to do the good-bad show. That all these people over here are bad and all these people over here are good because that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> there is, it's, what we started doing was there are many people running uh, for the 2024 nomination for the Republicans. And there are a few on the Democrat side. We felt like we don't know enough about these people, so let's cover them. Let's start talking about who's running and what they want to do. And yeah. the whole point was there will be people who, for brief moments in time, are the hot moment. You know, they got that shot. The light is shining on them. That's and right. that light is shining on Ramaswamy right now from the Republican side. And Mark already pulled it out, peeled the scab, and let his dog lick it. Because now, <laughs> after this comes, you know, it's been out there. It's not yeah. new. But 
you know, Ramaswamy is going to be in the hot seat over the next couple of days over this death tax. And mm-hmm. uh, it is going to cause him. Yeah. I, I think it will cause him to have to back off. Yeah. He's going to he'll have a couple of really good days of a lot of attention on him. And mm-hmm. it'll be just like Herman Cain. You know, if yeah. that if the 59 percent doesn't get him, uh, they'll pull out some, you know, waitress yeah, that will. waited on him in Gadsden, Alabama, when he was having lunch with former chief justice of the Alabama Supreme Court, Roy Moore. And mm. while signing a woman's autograph or, or yearbook, his ink pen runs out of uh, ink and has to change color, style, and everything else, and, and his signature to sign his autograph. <laughs> That's yeah. what they'll have. With welcome, welcome some local stuff. Yeah, that was yeah. crazy stuff. Oh, man. Yeah. But bottom line. Mark, bottom line, always I mean, being if the, the line. If this gets any traction, that's what I'm, you know, it's, I, I keep thinking this. It's on social media right now, and it's just starting to pop. You know, it's like those first few kernels at the bottom of the popcorn pot. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, yeah. uh, oh, oh, it's starting to pop. It's just starting to pop, and I wonder if somebody will turn the heat off before it gets a chance to go any further. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if, you know, if he'll actually, it, it'll get traction and he'll have to deal with it. Right. I think he should if it's in his book. Yes. If this is what he believes, he should have to deal with this. Yes. I'm I'm with you 100%. Yeah. I Again, I've liked him since you introduced me to him uh, on the show and yeah. I have. I've what I but I haven't read the book. I have not read his right. book, his map or his plan. I haven't read it. Maybe, you know, yeah. but look, I'm like every, that's why I tell you. That's this is exactly why I said read the indictment. Don't yeah. trust me. Don't trust Mark. Don't trust any talking head to tell you what it says. Right. Read it for yourself. Same thing with Ramaswamy. I'm, if that's in there, I need to know the context, how it was in there, and how did he defend it, and how did he set it up. If mm-hmm. I, I just haven't made that commitment on who I'm yeah. going to support yet. I just said I've liked him because of what he has said publicly over the last couple of weeks. But yeah. before I get serious, after finding this out, and again, social media is a an incredible tool for good and bad. Yeah, it can be. Can be. Well, he is, he, he has become very political since he's uh, stepped into the spotlight. I mean, right. he's, you know, he's been caught saying things and contradicting himself. And then he, <laughs> he, you know, and he will say, well, I, no, that's not what I meant by that. What it, he does a very, <laughs> he does a very good impression of a politician. Let's mm-hmm. just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, he's yeah. done the same thing now that uh, Trump's not going to be on the debate stage. He said, yeah, nah, I don't have to be there. Right. And it, like, he uh, he has changed his tune, according to Fox News, on former mm-hmm. President uh, President Donald Trump over the weekend. It's just it's just over the weekend, saying he really has no problem with him skipping the first few primary debates. Uh, Ramaswamy said Saturday he's fine with Trump not showing up at the first few debates, despite declaring back in May it would prove that Trump is not the candidate he once was. <laughs> right. You know, so he says back there that he's not the candidate he used to be if he skips mm-hmm. these debates. He should be right. there. What people forget is that is that Trump skipped at least two of the debates back yep. in 2016. Said, no, yeah. I'm not going. No, they're hostile. If, I'm not going. You know, if you want to hear <laughs> yeah. what the other candidates want, you you know, have to say, then Trump doesn't need to be there. There's several yeah. that ought not be there just because Trump is to Trump dominates the room. Mm-hmm. If you want to hear what he has to say, just go online and watch one of his presentations because he's he's speaking all over the country. Just watch him. If you want to see him challenged, then watch the talking head news and listen to what they have to say and then compare it to what he's actually said. And you'll know what he's, what the truth is. So back in May, Ramaswamy said he should be in all of them. Now he's saying, I don't care. Fine. I'm, you know, that's, that's not a big turnaround, but it is, it's just a change on a debate. And it's, come on. But that is, you know what? That is the way things will be picked. 
they will be yeah. picked apart and needled and everything else. So true. Very true. So, all right. I, I really hope he does. I hope he does answer this. I really do. Cause it's, it's, it's really disappointing to learn this after You're watching about this the 59 guy. Cent. Yeah. The 59%. 59 yeah, I okay. can't get away from it. I don't think yeah. you can get away from it. I mean, you know, I just we wanted had to be clear that you weren't talking about the Trump yeah. debate thing. No, no, no. The That's debate not thing. The and it's nah, he's just, he's just flip flopping like a politician. Just, you know, right. He's having, oh, that's not what I the meant. Death you, tax. you misinterpreted what I meant by that. Yeah. yeah. But the but death the tax stuff, is what you're saying is a, is that a whole deal. death tax thing. That's per, that is the serious stuff. Right. That goes to the way he would run the country. Not and the way he just Chris, What about hmm? Christy Nome? You've got something in here about South Dakota government. Oh, yeah. Christy Nome. Uh, she's, she's willing to be Trump's VP if he asks. Wow. Uh, according to uh, Epoch Times, South Dakota Governor Christy Noem said she'd consider becoming former President Donald Trump's vice presidential pick if she was asked. While she's long evaded questions about a possible 2024 presidential bid, she gave a recent interview suggesting she would be the GOP presidential nominee's number two. Quote, I will tell you that, of course, I would consider it, uh, she said to Sean, on Sean Hannity's show. I think everybody should would should consider it. Our country is breaking in front of our eyes today. And everybody should start putting, uh, should be part of putting it back on its foundation. She then affirmed her support for President Trump as the likely nominee, saying that if President Trump is back in the White House, I would do all I can to help him be successful. Um, of course, the rest of it is just, uh, it's just as, you know. The only time the vice president is really important to a campaign is during the campaign. <laughs> After that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we refer you to Sarah Palin. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if it weren't for Sarah Palin, everybody would have just written John John McCain off immediately. McCain, <laughs> we're sunk. Ooh, who's this with him? Right. <laughs> wow. You know, if Hi. he if he kicks off, she could be president. That wouldn't be bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. That's really what kept his campaign alive. <laughs> Man, how funny. All right. So guys, we appreciate you being a part of things. Hopefully and I'm going to wait before I devote my time on the Ramaswamy book. I think yeah. this is going to be the death nail for his campaign. Yeah. And I if think it gets he, traction. Yeah. Yeah. I think it will. And then I think what will happen is he'll be a commentator probably on Fox throughout the rest. And, uh, and he will establish himself as that person for a while. So yeah, you know, get ready to learn how to truly pronounce Vivek, Vivek, Viv Vivek. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Rammy. That's what we're going to nickname him. The Ram. <laughs> I tell you, you're talking, it's swapping canoes in midstream. We've been calling him Vivek all this time. Oh, and all yeah. of a sudden, everybody everywhere on all the shows, it seems like all at once, just got a, they got a memo. It's pronounced Vivek. Yeah. <laughs> this reminds me back in the mid 80s when uh, the Miami Sound Machine came out. And uh, I remember listening to Casey Kasem. Mm -hmm. She'd been referred to as Gloria Estefan. And, Miami, oh, yes. and, and he pronounced it on the American Top 40 as Gloria Estefan. Uh -huh. like, what? And you went, he's right? They don't We never walked on the moon. Elvis ain't dead. You ain't going crazy. It's all in your head.